Welcome to Love Under the Influence. I'm Pastor D. And I'm Pastor Tay. Together, we redefine what marriage looks like under the will of God. What's up, what's up, what's up? It's Pastor D. Welcome to Love Under the Influence podcast. On today's episode, we'll be, we will be discussing privacy, passcodes, and separate bank accounts. What's up? It's Pastor Tay. Man, I'm ready to get into it. I'm ready to dive in. Let's go, baby. Man, listen, couples, it's extremely important when it comes to privacy in your marriage, you have to be able to have a balance. It's okay as a husband to have your privacy. It's okay as a wife to have your privacy. But if your privacy is putting your marriage in a strain, then you need to have a conversation. You need to sit down. You need to discuss the boundaries. What are the boundaries when it comes to privacy as a husband or as a wife? It's not privacy to have a, a passcode and you're not willing to share it with your wife or with your husband. Not that they're trying to be nosy or, or is it you trying to hide something? So these are the type of conversations that needs to be had. Or if you have a Facebook account or a YouTube or whatever it may be, why your husband can't have the password? Why your wife can't have the password? What type of privacy are you trying to have? <laughs> <laughs> well, I think that a lot of times uh, privacy can go uh, in several different ways. Some people maybe just may grew up private or maybe it's a learned behavior of don't tell your spouse everything. Don't let the right hand know what the left hand is doing. All of this. Uh, those are things that could lead to uh, your spouse being suspect mm -hmm. of your privacy. Wow. So I don't think that people don't respect you having an individuality or being an individual, but you have to understand the Bible says that when you become married, the two become one. Mm -hmm. So I don't think that it's a such thing as privacy in a marriage, because you could be, you could be holding something private from your spouse. You could be in a place of depression. You could get a bad doctor's report. So privacy is, is definitely something that is damaging. I think. Okay. So let me ask you this question. What would you tell a woman, right, if her husband always gets a phone call and every time he get a phone call, he got to go to the next room to have the conversation or he have to go outside to have um, the conversation? What would you tell a, a wife that has that issue with her husband that when someone calls his phone, he always want to have a private phone call um, outside the house or outside the room where it may be just him and his wife in the bedroom or him and his wife um, in a certain space that he always has to go to a separate area to have any type of conversation? Well, the first thing I would do is identify who is he talking to? Mm -hmm. Because you got to make sure that your privacy is not suspect mm -hmm. because you could very well step out to be talking to a coworker if he if he has his own business, he could be talking to one of his employees. But what happens is your privacy becomes suspect when there is an issue of trust. If I can't trust you, I can't trust who's on the other line of that of, of the phone. But if I trust you, that's the least of my concern because I know your behavior. I know your language. I know you're not going to stop talking to me to go talk to them. If that makes sense. I know... You, you understand, like, to me, I feel like when your antennas go up, 
you got to address the antennas. Mm-hmm. So I would say to the wives, the first thing you need to do is have a conversation. If you don't know who's on the other line, you should know. Because one thing about it, you should acknowledge who it is when, when you have to step away from me right. because I come first. So you got to step away from me. You got to tell me who is the, hey, baby, this is my boss. Hey, baby, this is Aunt Lucy. Hey, baby, whoever it is, acknowledge who this, who this person is, then dismiss yourself. You know what that makes But if you dismiss yourself without acknowledging and I let it go like two or three times, guess what? My antennas are going to raise and I'm going to want to zoom in and focus in on who is that? And why is it that every time this person call, you got to step out? Why didn't you identify? See, one thing about it, we have to pay attention to patterns. A lot of times patterns can reveal that you're hiding something. Right, right, right. And what you said, that makes perfectly good sense. Okay, I get a phone call. Look, baby, this is Tommy. He's calling from work. Let me go outside and, you know, see what he wanted to discuss. That makes perfect sense because if, if, if someone's calling all the time and you don't identify who that person is, it's going to raise an eyebrow with your spouse, with your wife, or with your husband. So that made perfectly good sense. And I think when it comes to um, passcodes, I believe your spouse should have your passcode. Like you have all of my passcodes and you don't never go snooping around in my phone or snooping around behind my back, but it's the trust level that we have. I never gave you a reason not to trust me. So there's never been a reason why you got to try to snoop through my phone or baby, can you open this? Let me see what's going on in your DM. And as for me and as for me and me, let me tell you this, you should never be in a woman's DM that your wife doesn't know about. See, like me being a pastor, women, they may DM me for prayer or for certain things, but my wife, she has access to all my social media platforms, so there's nothing that I have to hide in. And if I'm DMing somebody back, responding to them back, my wife already know, look, baby, such and such DM me um, with this. How do you feel about me responding back? Oh, go on and respond back or I'll send them to my wife. So we shouldn't allow anything to creep in where our spouse doesn't trust us. So you have some people that may say, oh, I don't want my wife to have my password to this. But why? Uh, Well, clearly, um, a lot of times uh, some people are not even doing anything. They just want to just prove that they have a boundary set. Right. But what if that boundary could possibly break your marriage or break your friendship or break the trust? You got to make sure that there is no ego and pride when it comes to what boundaries you set in your marriage. Mm -hmm. My thing is, if you don't want your spouse to have your passcode, don't ask for your spouse passcode. You know what I'm saying? If If your spouse can't have access to how much you make every month or how much you bring in, then don't don't ask don't ask that your spouse to do that. I mean, you have to treat your spouse the way you want to be treated. Me personally, God knows I don't want a penitentiary ministry. So, you know, I, I'm, I'm always have your passcodes and everything and, and, and in between. One, I don't check your stuff because, again, God don't want me to have a penitentiary ministry. So I'm not worried about checking any of that. However, I'm glad that I do have access and you have access, but you can't even remember your passcode. So how you... Gonna remember mine. With that being said, 
any threat or enemy to the marriage, any, anything that's an enemy to the marriage is a threat to the marriage. So if you not having my passcode is an issue, let's deal with it. If you, if I feel like you're invading my privacy, let's talk about it. And when it comes to these passcodes, tell me why I can't have it. Right. And what I, are you hiding? Right. And I think, I think mostly it's about having a balance because if you trust your spouse, I will have an issue I never gave you a reason not to trust me. I will have an issue every time I turn around, you going through my, um, you know, my my inbox or my DM. I'm like, that's what I'm saying. I'm like, I, I would be like, what are you doing that for? I never gave you a reason not to trust me. So with anything, I think it has to be balanced. I think it needs to be um, boundaries. But that's why in marriage, communication is key. You got to tell your spouse, look, I don't appreciate that or I don't like that. But if you gave your spouse a reason not to trust you, then you can't get mad when they want to go through your um, DMs or when they want to see your text messages because you gave them a reason not to trust you. Sometimes it's hard to be vocal when you're used to not talking. Right. Sometimes you want to say what's going on, but you're thinking it's going to lead to an argument. But what if you continue to hold back and allow yourself to suffer in silence. That's another privacy. You're suffering in silence because you refuse to address or talk about what's hurting you. That's privacy. If that makes sense, you're, you're, you're grieving, you're, you're feeling a certain way and you refuse to talk about it. And it's selfish on your part because your spouse could possibly have the key to your healing. If you just open up about it, or you may be in a, in a situation where you may be, talking to people in their DMs. You may be going through some things. You may need counseling. You may be going through an issue of lust or whatever, and you may be afraid to talk to your spouse. So it, it at the end of the day, you're going to have to talk to them because once they find out, you're going to have to talk anyway. Yeah. You have to communicate anyway. And a lot of that can be learned behavior. A lot of that can come from like past hurt or past trauma. So they carry that, into the next relationship. And that's why we tell couples all the time within the marriage, you have to get to the root of the issue. And sometimes in marriage, people only deal with the issue on the surface. So when a situation occur or when a situation arises, you revert back to a previous marriage or a previous relationship. Well, I'm acting this way because this is how Tony did, but I'm not Tony. You know, so you sometimes you you'll punish uh, your your new partner, or your new spouse based off previous experiences. But that person never gave you that reason to treat them like that or or, or to want to go snooping around. But you never got to the root of the issue. And when you don't get to the root of an issue within a relationship, moving on to the next relationship is not going to solve the problem. You just got the same issue, but with a different person. Well, I'm going to tell you this. I feel like when people go snooping, what do you have to hide? Right. You know what I'm saying? What are you looking for? Because sometimes people cheat and they automatically think that the other person is cheating too mm -hmm. because it's like that guilty consciousness, the, in, the devil talking to them. It's just so many different influences. You inviting all these different spirits in your life. You, you can't even figure out what's going on. So automatically you think, well, if I'm doing this, she doing it. Or if I'm doing this, he doing it. And that may not be true, but that also opens doors of uh, suspect. Like, again, all this stuff leads to suspect behavior. Paying attention to patterns. 
Why are you acting like this? Why all of a sudden my voice is irritating to you? Why when I talk to you, you act like you you don't have no sense? You know what I'm saying? I'm, I'm, I'm speaking to you and I'm talking to you and I'm telling you, I'm trying to tell you there's a disconnect. And you're saying there's not a disconnect, but that's how based off of how you feel, you still have to examine what I'm saying to see if there's some truth in it. Cause one thing about it, I'm your wife, but I can't tell you how to feel and I can't explain how I made you feel, but I can only evaluate and apologize for how I made you feel. What if I made you feel bad or sad, or I have to, be a, be accountable for that. And a lot of times you have so many different marriages that are not, people are not accountable because we're too busy playing tit for tat. You hurt me, so I'm going to hurt you. And then 10 years have went by, we're still hurting each other. There's no development. There's no healing. We grew miserable instead of growing, growing together. You have to confront the issues, figure out why you don't trust your, your spouse. Why are you hiding whatever you're hiding from them? Why you don't trust them enough to, to, to be a part of your bank account, but you trust them enough to give you your last name. You trust them enough to accept their last name. You got all of these women now. They're saying, well, Pastor Tay, my grandmama told me I should always have a, a nest egg put to the side. Okay. But would you trade places with your grandma? Right. What type of marriage did your grandmama have? Mm-hmm. Right. That, that That's powerful. And all what type of marriage did your mama have? You know, in marriage, so many couples, you know, we don't counsel so many couples and, to find out that they they are married, but they are separate, you know, separate bank accounts. The husband don't know how much the, the own wife make. The wife doesn't know how much the husband make. The husband not on the wife bank account. The, the um wife not on the husband bank account. You know, you are living together, but everything is separate. It's like a, it's a contract. I don't want you to have what's mine. I don't want you to, to know how much I have. And it, it'd be a difference if your wife had a gambling problem or if your husband has a gambling problem, then that might be wise to keep them off the bank account. If you know information because they have an issue or they got an alcohol problem or a drug addiction, addiction, then that's wisdom. But if your husband or your spouse doesn't have any of those issues, what's the problem with them being on your bank account? And there's nothing wrong with having a separate bank account than your spouse, but your spouse should be on your bank account. Or at least have access. Or have access because to any, it. if anything was to happen, what people don't understand is that marriage license is only going to take you so far. Mm -hmm. Because what you're telling the bank is, I don't trust anybody else with my money. Right. And we've seen it all too many times when, when people have lost their spouses and they go to try to collect or go to try to do certain things. And guess what? They have to go end up paying an attorney to actually get legal uh, access. Right. And that is, God forbid, my husband and I have separate accounts. We have separate, we have joint accounts. We have separate accounts. However, all we all, we have access. His name is on my business account. My name is on his business account. And we have our joint account, joint savings, and so on. But with that being said, there has never been an issue of trust. Now, let me talk about stewardship. One thing about me, back in the day, I was not good, a good steward. After we left the streets, I still had the same shopping habits, still had a bad relationship with money. And those those that bad relationship, that bad mindset had us with our lights off, water off, uh, mortgage behind, all kind of stuff. So I had to make a decision to 
relinquish everything to my husband because he was the stronger in that area. He was the stronger in stewardship and he was the stronger in finances. And that was in 2003. And since then he has been over the finances and I love the way it's going because guess what? We're not running out. We're in overflow and he has been doing a great job. So if it's not broke, don't fix it. Sometimes can I be a little bratty and be like, no, I don't want you over the finances when he tell me no to something. Yes. But at the end of the day, I know that it was a Holy spirit led decision and I'm proud of it and I'm grateful for it. And I benefit from it. Now I want to go off on to the nest egg part. I do have a nest egg. My husband knows exactly where the nest egg is. He knows exactly how much money is in the nest egg. And he's so generous that when the next egg gets a little short, he always puts something up in there to make sure he's like, hey, I put something there, you know, to make sure you straight. Why do I have this nest egg? Why does he know about it? He needs to make sure that he has access. I put the nest egg in place for us, in place for if he need anything extra. I don't pay any bills in my house. However, I want to make sure that my husband is comfortable, whether it's a bottle of cologne, tennis shoes, whatever he desire. I want to make sure I have money put aside for emergencies, whatever it is. I want to make sure I have that to offer, but it's not hidden. He has access to that as well. I don't think it's wrong with a woman having a nest egg or even a man having a nest egg, as long as the other spouse knows about it that's the main thing because anything can happen say if uh, somebody have an accident or it's an emergency with the kids and the wife may be out of town or the husband may be may be out of town and you don't know how to access this money the money is available but you don't know how to access it and it's all about trust and that's why we go back to communication like me and my wife we have regular conversations and you got to make sure that you have conversations you overly communicate um, as a married couple, so your spouse won't have any questions regardless um, regarding anything. So you got to make sure that you that you know about those um, things and you have you know proper procedures put in place so your spouse is able to access it. And, and I think the blessing for me, honestly, is how we grew to this part. I want you guys to understand, we didn't wake up in this mindset, right. we had to be reprogrammed. We had to figure out how to tap into the will of God for our lives. That's what makes love under the influence so powerful because what we have now, my husband and I are living days that we confessed and living days that we prayed for. So I want you guys to understand that this is something that we grew to, but when you get in this information, Start applying it so that you can receive the benefits or the results that you want to see. Like some of you guys may say, Pastor Tay, I'm not there yet. What should I do? First, the first thing I'm going to do is tell you to head on over to www.loveundertheinfluence.com, www.loveundertheinfluence.com. What is that? That is a system that we have in place that builds community Builds the community while it builds your family. Because a lot of times people don't want to go and sit in front of a counselor and say, I have this issue. Mm -hmm. But we have put in place a system that basically gives you counseling at the hands of your fingertips. Where you and your spouse can privately receive counseling. And it's truly, truly been a blessing to couples all across the globe. Anything in your marriage that is broken you have to understand that broken glass will cut you. You got to identify that the glass is there 
so that you won't keep stepping on it. You, aren't you tired of bleeding in your marriage? Aren't you tired of hurting in your marriage? Aren't you tired of being cut by the same things that you choose to ignore? Mm -hmm. Okay, so one of the things that I want to talk about when it comes to privacy is grieving in private. Right. And, oh, and you know what? That's <laughs> awesome because, you know, me just losing my mom April 4th, you know, it was some moments where not that I was keeping anything from you, but just like at certain moments, you know, it just something may trigger. And you, you might ask me, baby, um, how is your day? You having a good day? And I might say, yes, I'm having a good day. But then maybe an hour later, I might hear a song or I might see a picture and it might trigger me. And you might come in. I might be crying and you might. Well, baby, I just asked. Um, how was your day? And you and, and you may thought, well, I'm trying to hold something from you, or I'm trying to go through this um, by myself. And no, I had to lean on your strength because um, you losing your mom at nine, you can't relate to me. And that's one thing you always told me, you were like, baby, that's one thing I don't want us to have in common because I know the pain that that comes with. And you used to always, you know, say, I, I you know, while your mom is here, while your mom is living, you got to make each day count. You got to make this extended grace um, count. So, you know, it, it wasn't that I was trying to keep anything from you. I was good at the moment, but then I had a memory or I just heard a song and it just triggered me and I just, you know, um, started crying or I just got down. I think that um, during that time, I just had to allow the Holy Spirit to be God, but I also had to be vocal. I had to tell you, don't shut me out. And I think that one because your mama and your mom and I didn't really have a good relationship, so I had to make sure that I didn't allow the devil to come in and contaminate your thoughts concerning my heart for her. Because one thing about it, even if I didn't get along with her, I didn't want her to die. You know what I'm saying? And I wanted to be able, and I tried many years to try to have a fruitful relationship with her. And you know, I hate the way things ended, but I'm so grateful that. My best days were her, her were her last days. Right. And I was able to pour out my love for you upon her. Because if it wasn't for her, I wouldn't have had you. But I saw you moving into a place of privacy. Mm -hmm. But I had to invade it. Right. Because the mannerisms were changing. And I, my voice is going to always override the voice of Satan mm -hmm. when it comes to my marriage. Like, you're not going to speak to my husband and think that the Holy Spirit is not going to allow me to understand what you're trying to do. Right. Like, no, because I don't care how, how much I did not get along with my mother-in-law. I did love my mother-in-law. I did want to see her heal, and I did want to have a relationship with her. But I believe that it was just learning behaviors from her end that interfered with that. But in the end, I was able to release her and she was able to finally receive me. And I just believe that when you are not vocal about your pain, that is a dangerous place of privacy. So you got to make sure that you're vocal when it comes to your pain. Tell your spouse, I am hurting. Right. I'm hurting in this. If you forgave your spouse for infidelity, but the devil is privately making you envision your spouse with somebody else, that's something you need to be talked about because you're still, you're, you're trying to work on your marriage. You're trying to work on, uh, we just got through healing from this infidelity, but you got to tell your spouse, Hey, I'm being tormented. Right. I right. keep thinking like, 
uh, was she or he better than me? Or, you know, what did you do with them? You, you got to understand that it's so many levels to privacy. Mm-hmm. Grief. You know what I'm saying? Being tormented by uh, infidel- thoughts of infidelity. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Postpartum. You're like trying to be the mama. You're trying to be everybody. Look, you can't. And then you got to make sure that you're approachable as a spouse. Are you approachable? Are Can your spouse be vulnerable with what they are hiding right. privately? And then, too, when you're going through something, it's not that you, you when you, you shouldn't want privacy because you don't because you don't want to feel like I don't want to keep um, bothering my spouse with this. You know, I'm, I'm, I want to, you know, get through this um, by myself every time. You know, I don't want to call him or her every time I'm feeling this type of way. But when you have the right spouse, you're never getting on their nerves because that's your help. They're, they're here to help you get through those trying times. They're here to help you get through those um, different types of um, situations because, you know, my emotions were so up and so down. You know, just a couple of weeks ago, we were just riding down the street. And, you know, I, you know, I think about my mom every single day, but I don't know, just that day something, it just hit me. And it just triggered me for like two days. And, you know, I, I can't explain it. I, I don't know when it's going to come, but sometimes it just come like that. And, you know, it's not nothing that I can't control because when we was riding, I was like, man, you know, you just looked over at me and I was crying. And, you know, I, I, I wasn't feeling down or nothing at the time. But once I had that thought of my mom in her last days, it just triggered me. Yeah. And I think that you, you, as, as, as men, it's like you're trying to be the best and you're trying to be as solid as you can be. Right. But to me, displaying that type of vulnerability is a solid man. Mm-hmm. And it's saying that you trust your household. Right. It's saying I trust them to wipe my tears. I, I can share this moment. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, don't rob me. I don't want to see you cry. But don't rob me of the ability to console you. Don't rob me of the ability or the opportunity to minister healing to you or to talk. Because one thing about it, like I told you before, I feel like it's worse when you're grown and you lose your mom or lose your parent. You know, I feel like it's worse because you spent more time with them. You you had more memories with them, you know. Um, And during that time, I believe that if I wasn't spiritually in tune with you, then I would have allowed the enemy to come in mm-hmm. if I wasn't. But I recognize. That's why we have to understand that marriage is a covenant right. and that marriage is to be admired and to be respected and to be honored. But we also have to understand that if we got married under God, mm-hmm. we have to still keep the marriage under God. That's how the marriage continues to get to the next level is when you separate God from the marriage that you find yourself or your marriage sinking. But thanks be unto God for his grace. His grace can catapult you back to the place that you desire to be or that you were intended to be. All you have to do is acknowledge, hey, Lord, rescue me. I'm in my own way again. And guess what grace does? Okay, I'm here again. And, and, and love holds no record of wrongdoing. Love so when it comes record. to your privacy, you got to make sure, one, that you're not being suspect. You're not out here acting like you got something going on. Mm-hmm. 
Two, if you cheating on your spouse, if you in people DM, if you getting all these porn fans on these pages, ask yourself this, is it worth it? Is it worth somebody else raising my kids? Because I'm sure you got a good wife. Somebody else going to raise your children. Or is it is it worth my husband going to be somebody else's uh, stepdad or whatever? What, what we have to understand is, listen, God hates divorce, but we have to also understand that divorce is a choice. Mm-hmm. You cannot fight for your marriage without fighting with the person you're married with against the real enemy. So, you have to weigh your options. I want to be with her. Is she worth my family? And that's why it's so vital in marriage to identify your pain points. Yeah. You got to identify what keeps you up at night. What have you tossing and turning all night? What is the thing that always trigger your pain? You have to identify that. And the beautiful thing about technology and about what we are doing, we are showing you what we learned in 21 years of being married and almost 30 years of being together. So we're giving you the do's and the don'ts. We are showing you our pain. We're revealing our scars and we're showing you how do you overcome it? How do you overcome um, when your wife is not submissive? How do you overcome when you're having financial issues? How do you overcome when you don't like your spouse, when your communication is not effective, when you don't know which way is up in your marriage? These are all the things that we experienced early on in our marriage, but we overcame it. Right. And I think going back to you know, the privacy passcodes and separate bank accounts, you have to understand and determine your why. Mm -hmm. Why do you not want your spouse to have access? Do you really trust your spouse the way you say you do? Right. Why? Why? Hey, I'm Pastor D. And I'm Pastor Tay. Peace. Peace. If you enjoyed today's episode, join our community at www.loveundertheinfluence.com. Five pillars that we discuss, parenting, business, finances, marriage, and spirituality. We are super transparent in our marriage, in our life, about our growth and where God delivered us and brought us from. $9.97 for the month or $97 for the year. Look, guys, it's a small investment, but it yields a large return, and it will have a tremendous impact on your growth and on your personal life.